You're listening to the voice of the future, fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the conservative crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in here on the podcast. Make sure you're following me on social media at GOP Josh 20 on Twitter and Instagram at GOP Josh everywhere else, including Gab, Getter, Parlor, Truth, Social, Telegram. Uh, I don't think I'm missing anything. So last night was the Ohio primary election where they had Senate primaries, governor primary, secretary of state, uh, congressional districts, uh, etc. on the ballot last night. And there were some upsets, um, not really upsets, major upsets. Most of them were expected. There was one that I really want to talk about that I'm very excited about. We're going to get into that. We're going to go over a lot of the polling compared to what actually happened. And I'm very excited. I have all the results printed out and I printed them out this this morning. So if you're listening at like 7 p.m. when most of my listeners do you'll know that this is probably outdated at this point. So we're starting with the the Senate race, the number one race, the race everyone paid the most attention to. J.D. Vance pretty much walked away with it. Um, with 100% reporting, he had 32%, which is about 8 percentage points over Josh Mandel, if I'm reading this correctly. Almost 100,000 votes over Josh Mandel as well. Pretty astounding. That was actually above the polling margins. He did a lot better than polling indicated. He only had about 26% in the polling. He got about 32%. This is uh, according to the Trafalgar poll. Congratulations to J.D. Vance. I, I mean, I didn't agree with the Trump endorsement. I don't think he should have endorsed at the point that he did. And I, J.D. Vance is definitely not my favorite candidate in the race. But, you know, applause, applause to him. I mean, he won the election. He, he will be the Republican nominee in November against Tim Ryan, who also walked away with his primary by a lot. Um, 510,000 people voted in the um, primary for U.S. Senate for the Democrat, and for the Republicans, it was over a million, and uh, about 1.05 million. So, a lot larger of a primary turnout for Republicans. I think some of that has to do with the Matt Dolan getting 23% with Democrats crossing over voting for him, but it didn't happen on, on a large enough scale to make him the victor, knowing that he would go against Tim Ryan and probably win by an astounding margin, just because he is so moderate, he'd get some crossover support. But J.D. Vance is the nominee. I, I do want to point out, I- I'm going to say, and keep this short a little bit, but Mark Pukita, who who is my guy, he outperformed polling like I said he would, not by a lot, by about 0.2 percentage. But I said l- yesterday, he will outperform polling, and he technically did, so I'm very happy about that. Um, everyone who's on the ballot, I mean, applauds, uh, claps to you. I-, I think it's funny that the Nikki Haley fans on Twitter, the... Reagan profile pictures are saying people rejected Trumpism. Only 32% of people voted for the Trump candidate when five out of the seven candidates on the ballot or four out of the seven candidates on the ballot were really begging for the Trump endorsement. It's just a funny take there. So J.D. Vance will be the Republican nominee come November facing against Tim Ryan. Um, I'm not going to endorse in this race. I I didn't endorse in any race. Uh, That's a lie. I endorsed uh, John Adams, but I'm not going to endorse, just as I did not endorse Mark Brokita, I'm not going to endorse in the general election either. Um, But J.D. Vance is definitely better than Tim Ryan. The governor's race really upset me. Um, Joe Blystone was the first guy to jump in the race. He jumped in March of 2021. And I know that doesn't mean anything, but we're going to get into why it really does. He hopped in in March of 2021. Uh, Renee C., who's always wanted to be governor, it's been his lifelong desire, I'm pretty sure, to be governor. Hopped in in, I think it was um, June. 
But if you add up together that their numbers, this was the 100% reporting. I think this is this is from uh, 10TV in, in Columbus, the CBS affiliate. 532,231 votes for if you combine both Renacy and Blystone. Uh, DeWine received 514,374. Um, together, Renacy and Blystone added up to 50%. Ron Hood had 2%. He did not outperform polling like I, like I expected him to. Um, and if one of the guys, either Jim Renacy or Joe Blystone, dropped out and Hood wasn't on the ballot, we would not have a Governor DeWine for four more years. And I don't see how you can run a statewide campaign. All 88 counties campaigning across him like both Renacy and Blystone did and not think of the state as the better goal. In, in, in I, sh- I should rephrase that. Put the state before your personal politics. Put the state before your personal desires. Put the state before your ego. And until here recently, Joe Blystone was beating Renacy in polling. So in my opinion, Renacy should have said in March, hey Blystone, I know we don't agree on everything, but I'm going to drop out. I'm going to drop out because we do not need four years of Mike DeWine. Four more years of Mike DeWine. That would have been the honorable thing to do. And I think Joe Blystone probably should have done the same thing. After all said and done, Blystone should have done the same thing. Especially when he was losing in the polling by how much he did. Just to not split the vote so DeWine wasn't reelected. I preferred Blystone over Renacy. I tried to have both of them on the show. Uh, Blystone responded. Renacy kind of responded. It's a long story. But I wish one of them would have dropped out for the sake of the state. Personal desires, personal life goals should not come before the seventh largest state in the nation. And that's what happened here. And that's what caused Mike DeWine to get reelected with his fighting and winning for Ohio campaign. Um, Nan Whaley is obviously the Democratic nominee, not even really close, um, 65 to 35 in that. I was hoping Cranley would be the Democratic nominee because he would be a better governor than Whaley. But of course, the better candidate will never um, succeed in the Democratic primary. Uh, I'm very disappointed about the next one we're going to talk about, which is the Secretary of State's race. I am very disappointed about this with Frank LaRose getting about 65% of the vote. John Adams is a, I met him once, one time, and I had him on the show. He is the only one in the race that was standing up for actual election integrity. Frank LaRose said, because Trump won, there was no election fraud, which just simply isn't true. He said, because Trump won, we don't need to change anything in our election system. I heard three or four states yesterday at the point during the 13 hours they were open for polling were unable to cast ballots, were unable to check voters in, get them voting, and have their voice heard. The Board of Elections, under his guise, under his view, were allowing people to steal signs off their property because the rule is 100 feet from the door. People were stealing signs off the property because they didn't like that candidate having signs on the board of election property and under his guide because they were candidates running against him the the, the signs were acceptably gone 
He has not stood up for election integrity at all in his four years as Secretary of State. I am extremely disappointed in this poll, or in this, not poll, but in this actual race. Somehow, he received plenty of votes from both Renacy and Blystone camps in order to add up to this, or just the Renacy camp, one of the two. I, I'm I'm disappointed. I'm that that's the race that I'm I'm the most disappointed about. I'm I'm upset about the Senate, the governor's race, not as much Senate, but really upset about the governor's race. Extremely upset about the Secretary of State's race, especially because of the conflict of interest with with, with Frank LaRose. Just listen to my interview with both John Adams and Ralph King. You can find them here on the RSS feed if you're listening on the podcast. Um, listen to both of them. You'll understand why I'm so upset with Frank LaRose. Okay. Congress races. We're going through all of the all of the top races today in Ohio because Ohio is the home state. This is the one time a year that I can really go through and be super excited. So let's go through this. Max Miller won by 71% in the House District 7 primary. I'm very, very, very surprised. This is only about 66% in. I am extremely surprised that Jonas Schultz did not do better. I didn't expect him to win. But I honestly expected Jonas Schultz to probably get 15% at least, maybe 20%. He's very popular around that area, even without the Trump endorsement. I honestly expected him to do better. Um, I have no problems with Max Miller. That's not my district. It's not my not my circus, not my monkeys, as they say. Um, so, I mean, that Max Miller seems fine. Jonas Schultz also seemed great. Max Miller seemed fine. He's going to walk away with that, and he's going to win that. District 7, or not not 7, I keep confusing 7 and 9. District 9, the district of incumbent Marcy Kapoor, or Kapoor, however you pronounce it, I don't really care, has gone, I'm predicting it, I predicted it last night, to be honest. I, I, I was like, he's going to win, and he's going to win, I knew it. Too early, Josh, too early, no, he won. J.R. Majewski, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. J.R. Majewski will be going up against Marcy Kapoor in November. Oh, wrong button. Wrong button. Applause, okay? I, I moved my buttons around because I had audio clips. J.R. Majewski will be the Republican nominee going up against Marcy Kapoor in the new Trump plus three um, District 9. This is a huge win. You know, I, I, I liked Th- Theresa... Gavarone from what I've seen on her social media. I didn't read up about enough about this race. But I know JR, he was trending in like 2020 with his painted yards. It was great. It, blue yard equals easy dub. That's what I'm saying. And I'm I'm extremely happy. I said there there should be one major upset or one major victory for the grassroots movement. No Trump endorsements involved. No major money involved, to be honest. J.R. Majewski is that win. He's the one upset. I'm applauding again, okay? Using it twice in one segment. J.R. Majewski. This is an open invitation. And I will be sending an email to his team very soon. Come on the show. You can wait till like August if you want. No, no time urgent. Come on the show. Talk about your campaign. Talk about how you're going to take down um, career politician Marcy Kapoor. And um, I, I'd, love, I'd love to have you on. That's my open invitation to J.R. Majewski. I'm very happy he won. 
but we are getting up here close to a break. We are about to have to take a break. When we return, we're going to talk about how Chantel Brown trampled, absolutely trampled Bernie bro Nina Turner by a much larger margin than the special election in 2021, as well as how Elizabeth Warren incited an insurrection. We're going to play that as a funny clip, to be honest. When we return here on the Conservative Crusader, make sure you follow me on social medias and stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Very excited to talk about this race in District 11. But first, check out the podcast. Check out the podcast if you are listening on the live stream. I guess I'm, I I realize that it, that it makes no sense. Check out my social media if you are uh, at GOP Josh on the social medias on um, Twitter as at GOP Josh 20. Check it out. Follow me over there. Website, etc. Chantel Brown. And I don't like Chantel Brown. I mean, I mean, she's a, she's a, your average Joyce Beatty Democrat. But she stopped a Bernie bro twice from getting into the into Congress. I, I keep pressing the wrong button. She stopped a Bernie bro twice from getting into Congress, and I'm very, very excited about that. So Nina Turner ran in 2021 in a special primary. Um, there was an OH11 and OH15 primary in 2021. And, and Nina Turner ran for the nomination, and, and it was her race to lose, and, and she lost it. The actual margin after, after the race was completely over. Let me find it on here if I can, if I can see this. In 11, this is from 2022. Now, where's 2021? Oh, here it is. She lost by about 4,000 votes, just over 4,000 votes in 2021. Well, 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 how the turn tables. (laughs) How the tables turn. Because she won, or she lost, I'm sorry, with only 34% of the vote in a primary between two people. There are more people than I can count in this primary in 2021. But Chantel Brown with 66% or 43,997 votes with 100% reporting according to CNN won. That might not actually be CNN. I have no idea. With 22,329, which is actually, let's see here, that that's about 10,000 less than she received in 2021. And that was a special election. So, Obviously, Chantel Brown is is popular around the area that she is. I think it's like the Cleveland area, right? She's popular. It's a new district. That proves that progressivism, or pro- progressivism, that's the word, yes, is not as popular as, as Bernie Sanders, as the left would have you believe. Happy for Chantel Brown. I don't like her, but, but she's better than Nina Turner. I mean, let's be completely honest. You can't You can't be a conservative and say, you know what? I want Nina Turner to beat Chantel Brown in the primary. You you just can't say it. But she will be better than than Chantel Brown. Or she'll be better than Nina Turner. Chantel Brown will. You know, it's not an important race. I, I didn't expect her to, to unseat her. But 
you know, it is what it is. And, and I do have something. One of my followers on Twitter said uh, about the last segment with OH9, how I mentioned how it wasn't really a super high dollar race. I guess I was wrong. Uh, said they were working on the campaign, and the reason why he won is because his opponents were spending too much money. He focused more on going door-to-door, uh, mostly in Lucas County, Ohio, which is the largest area in the district, and that is how he won, which is great, which is great. So something not great, and I, I want to get into that really quickly before we go to the other story I tease with the Supreme Court insurrection incited by uh, Elizabeth Warren. The CDC tracked millions of phones to see if Americans followed the COVID lockdown order. The CDC uh, bought access to lo- bought access to location data harvested from tens of millions of phones in the United States to perform anal- uh, analysis of compliance with curfews, track patterns of people visiting K-12 schools, and specifically monitor the effectiveness of policy in the Navajo Nation, according to CDC documents obtained by Motherboard. The documents also show that although the CDC used COVID-19 as a reason to buy access to the data, it's intended to use it for more general CDC purposes. So the government can now take your phone, your smartphone, that you're probably listening to this on, and say, you know what? You were here, you were there, you did not follow these orders. You did not follow what was supposed to be done. SafeGraph, the company the CDC paid for, paid $420,000 for access to one-year data. Uh, the, the board includes Peter Thiel and the former head of Saudi intelligence among its investors. Um, let's see here. This is the, yeah, that's the data broker. Google banned the company from the Play Store because of their, it doesn't actually say why. But the CDC and this this compliance board, so to speak, the, the CDC, trying to get you to comply with anything they say, has purchased data probably on you to see if you complied. To see if you decided to stay home for so many years, for so long, for so many months, simply just to, to, to track you. And it, it's, it's a shame. I don't have a lot prepared for that, but I saw that during the break, and I had to bring it up. But I am going to play a clip here, and this is from the one, the only, Elizabeth Warren play clip. And going for, for decades now, and we are going to fight back. That was outside of the Supreme Court at a rally, saying, quote, we are going to fight back. Remember when President Trump said, peacefully and patriotically march to the Capitol. That's an insurrection, but this is not. And going for, for decades now, and we are going to fight back. We are going to fight back. Joe Biden has warned that a leaked draft Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe v. Wade um, would represent a huge change in American law and could imperil a wide range of other civil rights. In a historic moment that shook the U.S. to the core and highlighted jagged social and political divisions, The court confirmed the draft was authentic, but said it did not represent a decision by the court or the final position of any members on the issue in the case. The U.S. president called the provisional court opinion radical and said the ruling, if handed down, would represent a fundamental shift in American uh, jurisprudence and could imperil rights, including same-sex marriage and access to contraception. Politico published the draft. But there were a lot of protesters that gathered yesterday. And even last overnight Monday, outside of the Supreme Court, some of it got pretty nasty from what I've seen. 
people shouting in each other's face. Um, abortion is health care. Justices stay out of the area. Legal abortion once and for all. We won't go back. A smaller group chanted, hey, hey, ho, ho, Roe v. Wade has got to go. Barriers were erected outside of the Capitol or outside of the, the courthouse. I'm sorry. Haley Lund from Woodbridge, Virginia, told The Guardian, this terrifies me. I could not sleep, so I figured I should go here. People were so terrified that abortion would be sent back to the states that they went out to the Capitol because they couldn't sleep. Or they, they went to the Supreme Court, I'm so sorry, because they couldn't sleep. Imagine being so reliant on lack of account- the lack of accountability that you're afraid that someone will say you can't murder children in the womb. And so you have to go down to the Capitol and cry about it. Or the Supreme Court. I'm so sorry. The Capitol of the nation and cry about it. So they're going to try to solidify Roe v. Wade as law. But they don't have 60 votes. They'll try to to abolish the filibuster for this issue. But they will not have enough votes to do that. I don't believe. People are saying because of this. uh, Obergefell v. Hodges. Hodge. I don't know how you pronounce anything. (laughs) <laughs> will will be overruled, which I, I, I doubt. I doubt a lot of things here. This court is not as conservative as it seems. You know, I mean, ACB has not been the most conservative justice that we could have had. Kavanaugh hasn't either. I mean, ACB is so weak on masks, on vaccines, everything like that. So I don't see any of this, this extra threat happening, but Roe v. Wade being overturned is a good thing. But remember... When when someone storms the storms the Supreme Court, remember this clip. And going for for decades now, and we are gonna fight. We back. are gonna fight back. That is an insurrection attempt, an insurrection threat by a sitting member of the U.S. government. How does that make you feel? <laughs> are, are you threatened? Are you sitting at home like all the leftists did on January sixth, saying, "I'm gonna die. We're all gonna die. Our our government's going to die." I'm not. I'm not. I don't know if you are or not, but I am not. Send in your questions to the show. Uh, Josh at GOPjosh.com. Anchor.fm. Click the message button uh, slash uh, the conservative crusader. Uh, GOPjosh.com slash show. Click the big message button. That I don't know exactly what it says, but it says something about message. Click that. Send in your voice message to the show. I will play it in the next episode. My name is GOP Josh. This has been the conservative crusader. For today, we'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode. Hopefully there's more news than today. I'm just kidding. There was way too much news today. My name is GOP Josh and stay tuned. You're listening to the conservative crusader.